1: This is the Book Riot Podcast. I'm Jeff O'Neill. And
0: I'm Rebecca Shinsky. And
1: today we're talking about the It Books of January 2024. Happy New Year to you all. Happy New Year to Rebecca. If you have not been listening along to this shtick, premise, conceit, structure that Rebecca and I have been doing over on First Edition since early last year, welcome aboard. Here's how it works. I have... Picked ten new releases that are coming out this month, and we're going to go through them one by one. For the the first book, automatically advances, but then for each book, Rebecca and I will decide. Mostly Rebecca, because this is on her head. I bear no responsibility to the literary gods for any decisions made here, whether or not this is this one will survive to the next round. And eventually by the end, we've gotten through all 10 and we will have the it book of the month. What is the it book of the month, you may ask? I will do Rebecca this solid and not require her to answer. It is the it book. It is the thing that combines some sense of awareness, topicality, zeitgeist, sales, critical receptions, author profile, and then a little bit of zhuzh and special sauce from our own sense of, of it. And sometimes we do pretty well. I think in our, in looking back over the selections, we did pretty well last year. And this is something we do doing on first edition. This feed, this episode will drop into first edition for one more month. So if you're listening to this in first edition, go subscribe to the Book Riot podcast. We'll link in the show notes there. And the other thing that's happening, this is the first of our bonus. It's not bonus, just our new cadence, right? This is our first extra second show of the week. It's kind of weird to say it's our first one, first one even though it's the first <laughs> one of the year. But we're going to be coming on to these... Wednesday episodes, excuse me, Thursday episodes. Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> these epi- these midweek episodes <laughs> with kind of some stuff we've developed for the Patreon, Though some of that stuff will stay over there, some stuff we're doing first edition, things we've done in the past, Adaptation Nation, for those who've been along for that, we're going to bring in some other editors and get some people from the wider world, but then our normal show that comes out for Mondays will be our news show. If yes, there's really and- breaking news, we might do some of that, but we're going to kind of, that's going to stay the same. This is a whole new big chunk of content from us. <laughs>
0: Yeah, And for folks who subscribe to our premium content on Patreon, those new episodes will be moving to Fridays. So it'll be Monday's news in the main feed, Wednesday's kind of variety hour like this in the main feed, and then bonus content in the Patreon on Fridays. You can join us over there at patreon.com slash Podcast. Ten bucks a month gets you access to all the bonus content and the full back catalog. You can have yourself a grand old time and a lot of folks... Have been so. Thank you also to everybody who has joined us over there in the last couple of months. We did a little push ending 2023. We're going to continue it into 2024. We are closing in on 450 premium subscribers, and I am starting to have thoughts of maybe somewhere around the 500s. I might have to actually talk about doing something for Lonesome Dove. <laughs> <laughs> So if that's motivating to you, you can join us, patreon.com slash booker. I mean, we have it in the
1: can already. We could just release it. I mean, what's it? It turned out to be what, like 16 parts, right? something like that.
0: Yeah, it's 16 yeah. parts. It's about 120 hours. Yeah,
1: right. It was It was long. The COVID was long, folks. I, I don't know what to tell it's true. you. Uh, speaking of the Patreon, the thing we're recording Thursday for this week's um, bonus episode is the winter draft. Uh, one of our first gimmicks, actually, uh, is, mm-hmm. is in, in our first sort of idea of, of putting something behind a paywall and, and getting, you know, a membership racket going. So that's coming up here really soon. Now that we have all these different places to put our seasonal and monthly previews, I think there's also probably room for us to do our to really break it out because the, the drafts have have devolved evolved into vote hunting right? Because we asked people to vote on the baskets.
0: <laughs> yes, to or, some degree or another, yeah.
1: Originally, the idea was to get a basket of what books would be best for the general reader. But understandably, people don't vote for that. They vote for which basket they like better. So we just have, you just have to acknowledge sometimes that things turned out a little mm-hmm. bit different than you thought. I think there's room, Rebecca, for you and I to do some sort of seasonal our most anticipated books of the draft of, of this of the season. People ask yes. for that because th- this is not the it books. This is also well, not the draft. This is something else,
0: right? And good news for you and for all of those people who are interested in that. That's next week's Wednesday episode.
1: So. I'm just coming back today, people. I I have been off for 12 <laughs> days. I'm not even sure what my name is at this point. It's January 2nd. So thank you <laughs> very much. And I'm the much. keeper
0: of the spreadsheet. It, and you
1: are the keeper of the spreadsheet. <laughs> I, I looked at it long enough to realize the winter draft was this week. So I needed to prepare for that. But anyway, that's a lot of preamble for the Ip Books. Let's do a sponsor and we're going to get into it. All right, Rebecca. I've got 10. Let me say this I got two notes. Not mm-hmm. the strongest month of all time. It's not. There are some things, but it's not the strongest month of all time. So
0: I think we'll be talking about that also in most anticipated and in our winter drafts. We're coming off one of the strongest publishing seasons I can recall. (laughs) Big books, a lot of great ones, and also just like really good sleeper hits and surprises over the last six months. Feels like this season is a little bit softer.
1: I think things improved dramatically in February and March. So, I mean, it's still not... I mean, Mm -hmm. again, we did have... For us, you and I personally, one of the great seasons of all time. I, I can't imagine we're going to get yes, much better. Yeah. I mean, we can't even draw it up differently. So that's better for us. So it's a weaker month. So that means we've got some more wild card debuts, some other stuff that wouldn't be here. I'm going to do my not it thing of January. My not it thing of January is I'm looking at you, PRH. <laughs> if a book comes out in January 2024, you cannot, cannot. Put it in your winter 2023 catalog. The year is different. I get seasonal <laughs> I agree. disassociative disorder, or whatever's happening with these catalogs. <laughs> but if you have a winter and a spring, and the winter is 2023 and the spring is 2024, you have to put January and spring. The year is the thing, not this nebulous three-season thing that publishing does. And the double-knotted thing is to not even be consistent because some of these catalogs have a January hardcover release in the winter and the same imprint has one in the spring count. Ca- so I'm all over yes, the place. I could yeah, have missed that, things. By maddened. the end of this, I couldn't even see straight. My eyes were full of, so full of rage blood. <laughs> I couldn't even look at Edelweiss. I couldn't, my, I couldn't make out the screen, uh, so I could have missed things. Drove me crazy. We gotta,
0: we've got to fix the timeline of publishing seasons right as we fix the eligibility window for all of the book I awards.
1: think we do it all at once. Build back Better. Yes, I
0: know I agree.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. we do it all once. The New Deal. <laughs> Has that been taken in since 2024? The New Deal. That's what it is. We should use that title. Okay. So I was looking at this and it's not the strongest season. It's not the strongest season. I didn't have one I needed to hide, if that makes sense. Sometimes there's one I'm like, okay, where okay. am I going to put this so it doesn't ruin, but also it doesn't. So we're going to get into it. All right, up first. We're going, to do, we're going to do a little bit of a debut gauntlet here at the beginning to see what you're most interested in. Up first, uh, coming January 23rd from Knopf, the book is called Martyr by Kava Ekbar. Um, so debut novel generally isn't a good candidate. It's a weaker month, but let me tell you some bona fides. First of all, blurbs don't matter until they do this is the truth. I don't know what to tell people who are like mad about blurbs. Mm-hmm. That That's is the right. truth of blurbs. Mm-hmm. They do not matter until they do. Blurb here from one Lauren Groff. A blurb here from mm-hmm. one Tommy Orange. Akbar's mm. background is a poet. New Yorker, New York Times, Paris Review. Lives in Iowa City, which makes me think he is teaching
0: at Ye Old at, Writers, at, writer's at Workshop. Ye
1: Writers Workshop here. <laughs> here is what I'm going to say about it. Sorry, here's the blurb. Here's the. The summary. Cyrus Shams is a young man grappling with inheritance of violence as lost. His mother's planes were shot down over the skies of the Persian Gulf in a senseless accident, and his father's life in America was circumscribed by his work killing chickens at a factory farm in the Midwest. Cyrus is a drunk, an addict and a poet whose obsession with martyrs leads him to examine the mysteries of his past. Sounds pretty interesting to me. I have Mm -hmm. no sense. I don't know this poet. I don't know much about it. The comps are pretty interesting. Debut... Rebecca, I mean again, what are we going to do at this point? You don't have to knock it out, but are am I insane to put it here, to even include no, it? No, I this don't point? think so.
0: Okay. I think it sounds interesting and you know, especially in a week or month debuts that usually debuts of like a hard road to hoe in this contest anyway, yeah. if they can even make it into the 10 contenders. So it's I'm happy to see some debuts. I'm a little concerned for its viability against whatever the next nine titles will be yeah. because the fiction by a poet can be kind of heady. I think this is one of the things Brandon Taylor often finds himself up against. No. Like, it's just great, juicy subject matter, but the poet can make fiction just a little bit challenging to read and that's a tough sell for a lot of readers it also sounds like not super light content and that's also a tough sell for folks at points but sounds like an interesting debut like this seems to me like a good contender for something that you or i might be interested yeah. in that the litfic readers are going to go for but generally the litfic pick is not the it book of the month so
1: i mean it would have to there's a chance it would have to catch fire right it have to people would yeah. have to love it it would have to be you know maybe a little bit of the dry grass of january gives it some room to burn sure. a little bit
0: and this it is the kind of thing that could be a surprise pick by reese or good morning america and we know what that does yeah. to a book's visibility
1: 352 pages were at 50 page shorter okay. i would like its chances a little bit better <laughs> Out today, I just started reading this this morning, actually, our second pick. The Storm We Made by Vanessa Chan. This seems to have some marketing and publicity oomph behind it. Chan's been yeah, all over the I place
0: right now. feel like I'm seeing this in a lot of places. So
1: it has the, again, sometimes this is, I don't want to use the word unreal, but sometimes the author, frankly, or the publisher or some other forces are interested in a book's success outside of you mm-hmm, know the yeah. normal things. This seems like it's getting that attention, and that matters. And we're not saying it's the best book of the year. Remember, this is the It book of the year, and this has this je ne sais quoi going on with it that it's appearing. It's also coming hot out the gate, right? It's this first Tuesday, which is fairly open, and so it's really taken up a lot of that space. It's historical fiction set in, let's see, Malay, 1945, a mother who becomes a spy. So look, this is the other thing that caught my attention here. This is in the... World War II spy, lady spy, but it's also a person of color, different situation, and it seems like it's quite a bit more literary, it seems to me. Chan herself seems to have an interesting backstory, worked in tech, I think, for a while. 352 pages out today so that's martyr versus the storm we made i guess is our first real decision here rebecca yeah
0: i'm gonna progress the storm we made for reasons of different spin on the lady spy story historical fiction there's a lot to grab onto there and i have been seeing this bubble up i think even in like the new york times's new books for january uh this was it's on all those lists uh,
1: which i looked at i looked at all these january anticipated lists. it's on almost every single one of those
0: It's living in that zone for me right now of kind of exactly what you were talking about in the intro to it of is this getting talked about because like the publicist is really good at their job or is it getting talked about because there's genuine reader interest in the title? And now that it's out in the world, we're going to get the answer to that. So I'd be, I guess, surprised if we come to this recording in February and the storm we made was the big book of January, but it's possible and we'll definitely have a sense of the the line or the balance between publishing driving the interest and readers' responsive organic interest by then
1: yeah I should also say good morning America's um, book club pick for January
0: oh okay I think that's
1: new today by the way that's important
0: that's an important piece of information
1: Uh, last uh, I um, I think the last debut (laughs) uh, don't hold me to that right now I this is one I was trolling and I think it was in last in last season's catalog, so I came to it late. Mm-hmm. Sounds extremely interesting to me, so I'm very much willing to idiosyncratic dignify this pick and say, I don't know, I think it sounds cool. I really don't think it's going to pass to when we made just even that, that little sticker we were just talking about him a second ago I think might, might do the deed. But anyway, this is called Dead in Long Beach, California by Vanita Blackburn. Comes out January 23rd from MCD. MCD is the weird imprint of FSG, which I generally... Not generally. I look at every single thing MCD puts Me too. out. I at least consider reading almost everything they put out. I don't always <laughs> read it, but I, I always it's consider it. It's a good zone. A good blurb from one of the great blurbers, Kristen Arnett. A genuine ouroboros mm-hmm. of pain and loss. A bona fide knockout. A gut busting and heartbreaking descent into one woman's fraying connections to reality from a soon to be superstar. Ooh, it's a mystery. Her brother, the main character, her brother dies. She comes across him. Finds only a cell phone with numbers in it, and she starts texting those numbers, and things happen.
0: Fascinating.
1: Also, the Listen. main character is the author of a hit dystopian novel, so there's like some <laughs> meta stuff going on, which I'm very <laughs> interested in. So that's Dead yeah. in Long Beach, California by Vinita Blackburn, two hundred and forty pages.
0: Okay, January twenty third. I love MCD's flavor of weirdness, yeah. as you do. I trust Kristen Arnett to blurb weirdness appropriately. This one sounds right up my alley as well. But I think you're right that it would have a tough time knocking out the storm we made, yeah. especially after that Good Morning America pick. So Vanessa Chan can roll on for at least one more round. Yeah.
1: Okay. 75K print run for that. It's mm, pretty not interesting. Bad. Next up, from William Morrow coming out also January 23rd. January 23rd is a fairly big day. This is called The Showman inside the evasion that shook the world and made the leader of Zelensky from by Simon mm-hmm. Schuster believe it or not is this the author's name <laughs> the uh, author's that's not confusing that did not confuse me at all so the war in Ukraine has been going on long enough unfortunately that we there's several of these coming out i think this looks like the most compelling to me of a Zelensky bio appreciation I think this could be a pretty big book in the nonfiction space. There's not a lot out there. People often in election year, especially the beginning cycle, but really election year people really steal clear of current events Mm and political books unless they are about something other than politics, which this is, of course, political, but it's geopolitical. I don't know. I I think we're going to see interviews about this. There's going to be blurbs. Does it have a chance to be the profile book of the singular figure to emerge, unfortunately, from this conflict? Maybe. So I thought it was worth a mention here.
0: Yeah, I think it's a maybe. It's hard to judge a profile like this yeah. when the action is still going. It's a great point. Like the war is still yeah. happening. He right. is still managing his way through this for his country. Kind of like how it felt like the um, Walter Isaacson book about Elon Musk was yeah. too soon. Right. <laughs> like we needed a definitive work about this person, but the story is still unfolding. I think Vanessa Chan is going to continue here for me because because of the things you were just saying, because folks tend to avoid political and current events reading during an election cycle. Also, because with what's going on in Israel and Gaza, news about Ukraine and Russia has really cycled down in terms of folks attention. Like this would have been a hot book six months ago or hotter than it currently is. But I think still that would have been even more too soon uh, because that story is still unfolding might. be useful might be in the nonfiction space one of the books of the month or one of the books mm. of this first part of the year. But in terms of knocking out you know, stuff from other genres and a good morning America pick, I don't think it I don't think it has much of a shot. So we're gonna stick with Storm We Made.
1: Yeah. Thirty pages of full color photos, which for those of you who oh. don't pay attention, mm-hmm. that's a big deal in a book like this. Like those yes. are expensive. That's expensive. They're expensive <laughs> to do. Sounds like Schuster has been traveling with Zelensky for several years, has done dozens of interviews. So if you know someone in your life that's interested in geopolitics and and this, you might keep that on the list for them. Okay, next up, uh, January 30th from Kylie Reed, her sophomore Mm -hmm. effort, Come and Get It, After Such a Fun Age, which memorably came out on December 31st, uh, (laughs) 2019. Yeah, I think 2019. Do you
0: think Kylie Reed's upset about her publication dates?
1: What if it's just you and me we're the only ones that remember.
0: It's you and me and Kylie.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think she did fine. Do you, do you think on the, she's, not, she did she's okay. not like, you know, this royalty but check would have been way bigger if it come out that, six days later. She
0: did great. Yeah. The first book was great, but it did make like coming out on December 31st is a weird position for like awards contention. People are not paying attention to new books on New Year's Eve, but she it was so buzzy that it she overcame that. Yeah at least this one's later in the month.
1: Okay. So so if you don't know Such a Fin Age was a I guess absolutely should have if we were doing this would have been the it book of December since December is such oh, such a, a, a hundo pee such, such a desert as these things go. So this sounds it's a campus novel. You there's a chance I thought you may have read this already. Have you read this already? I
0: haven't. Okay. No, right. but I'm I'm gonna
1: Yeah, I've got the digital review copy waiting on my, my iPad. It's set in 2017 at the University of Arkansas. A resident assistant is getting ready to graduate, get out of there, gets an offer from a visiting professor for an unusual opportunity. It's being vague there. I've been, and then it sounds like, you know, things don't go great over there. So it's a campus novel, but maybe a little more debauched. I, I can't. It feels like it's a a notch or two more unhinged than like a Wonder Boy situation, but. Mm. As you might imagine, from someone who wrote such a fun age, but the racial elements, the class elements, the gender elements, desire—the term "reckless abandon" is used here. Mm. Very interesting. interesting. So I, I, I'm interested. I have to say. Also, the <laughs> cover is a—it's lime green with a chart with like fascinating. a fascinating. An illustration of a pig. The University of Arkansas, of course, is the, the Razorbacks, but I don't... The
0: Razorbacks, right.
1: I, I would like to talk to the designer about, is that why you're doing this? Do you think people are like, oh, the, the pig... I don't know. I'm confused, but that's a different <laughs> conversation. Starred review in Publishers Weekly. Kylie Reed's sophomore off, sophomore effort. Come and get it. Rebecca Shinsky offered.
0: Mm, you? This is a tough one yeah, because the, the correct statistical expectation for someone who had the big debut success that Kylie Reed had would be some kind of regression to the mean for basically the rest of their career. Like that was just a huge breakout, but such a fun age was really good. If this is in the same zone people will love it. If it's a different zone, but has the same kind of feel for like current issues and it's kind of funny and it's really Mm. page turnery, people will love it. If she's doing something that feels really different, that's going to be a challenge. I think when you've had such a big debut and there's only one example of what your voice is like, and people really, really liked that one thing, having your second thing be different. Like unless you're Colson Whitehead is very challenging. Kylie (laughs) Reed might be, we don't know yet. I haven't read this yet. Hmm. I have seen some mixed reviews. I I haven't read it yet. It's just tough to compete against yourself when you had the freshman outing that she had with such a fun age. I may live to regret this, but I think the edge here is Vanessa Chan. People like a new shiny and lady spies. Lady
1: spies. I I think it's a I, I think it's a bit of a coin flip, but I, I can certainly see this. Mm-hmm. If the review, if if the early buzz was less mixed, I think it would be an easier call. Like, let's go with kind of read. I, I like. I am going to read this, and I think.
0: Oh yes. I don't
1: let's see, I you're the keeper of the spreadsheet. Think about later. Do we have room to read this book? Talk about it. As part of a show and then yeah. do our favorite campus novels or the, you know, all time. Yes,
0: I love that. We have, we always have some reserved spots yeah. in the Patreon episodes for big books of the season. Right. So this could certainly be one of those and we could do, you know, I love a campus novel. Yeah.
1: Anyway, let's see. And you said The Holdovers was great, by the way. I need to watch that. But
0: The Holdovers is great. I
1: need, I need to check that out. Okay. You know, there's this new little genre you may have heard about. It's called Romanticy. And I think people are going to, you know, I'm getting in this early. So the first one out of the gate here is called Sanctuary of the Shadow by Aurora Asher, coming from Entangled, uh, Red Tower Books, which is a sub-imprint of Entangled. Red Tower Books responsible for a little book called Fourth Wing and its follow-up Iron Flame. The, the retinue, the stable of romanticies will grow. Oh the horse, the, bonkers. the barn has exploded. The horses just came flying out. <laughs> There's there's horses in every direction. It's a supernova of horses. If we did old show titles, that would absolutely be the show title. Oh, and they're romanticy. like winged
0: horses. Oh, yeah. Pegasus, unicorns.
1: any Everything is, yeah. that goes through it. <laughs> Debut 350,000 print run. Do I even need to read you a blurb? No. No. <laughs> it's got spreads Dragon
0: riders who do it?
1: It's got spreads. Okay. So the question Man, here do you know. want to ride the, do you want to ride the dragon here do you, would you ride the <laughs> dragon for this book being the book of the year versus Vanessa Chan's oh, debut literary world war 2 novel
0: Listen I don't want to ride the dragon <laughs> But
1: should the dragon be will some is the dragon the, well, the, like, the thing here Is it the year of the dragon This is
0: the dragon? interesting This is the interesting thing though, because like aside from Fourth Wing being the huge breakout that it's been, other romanticies have sold, but like nothing else has risen to dominate the literary conversation. I would like you to put a pin in
1: that comment for two books from now, but you may proceed.
0: Okay. Okay. And all of the aforementioned stuff about regression to the mean, I think, really applies when we're talking about trends. like this i totally understand why publishers raced to book a lot of romanticy after everything started happening with Hmm. first sarah j moss and now fourth wing i really don't know how long it can last or like how mainstream this is going to be and like i don't know in the conversation about what is there how
1: much what is the appetite how
0: much room is there and the it book is some combination of It's selling, people are talking about it, and it's good. And the is it good is like a huge question mark for me about most of these. Mm. Mm. (laughs) I kind of feel like, well, we're six or seven in. It doesn't really matter which one I pick because probably something will knock out either one later on. But a 350,000 print run is going to have a big marketing budget behind it and that can do a lot of work beyond what a dedicated publicist for a debut like the storm we made can do so i it's not a coin flip this is just a there it could go a lot of ways i guess if i had to bet on which one is going to sell and get people talking about it and enough people thinking it's good to go somewhere as an it book it's probably sanctuary of
1: it doesn't matter. The I, shadow. I know, you can't remember. There's the no, shadow. No remember.
0: My notes, I was like, Sanctuary of the Shower? Yeah. <laughs> That's not right.
1: Mm-hmm. And I don't so, know. Yeah, I'll pass that so another thing about these is when I was talking to the the women at Red Tower that for that episode on First Edition about Fourth Wing, we talked about the spiciness quotient, right? And it's hard to know mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. spicy some of these are. I don't have a sense of this. It, it's It's very difficult to tell from the blurbs because that's the thing that matters. I will say this, I think any of these romanticies with big print runs and are gonna have a huge influencer campaign, they're all extremely high variance. If it hits, Mm -hmm. it's gonna be way bigger than the storm we made.
0: (laughs) Yes, but there's also a non zero chance that like all of the used bookshops yep. will have piles and piles of these in three months. Well,
1: we just don't, we just like you put it, you said it, we don't know what kind of legs this trend has. Is it the yeah. superhero movie trend, which lasted for 15 years and only now has sort of crested on the rocks? Or is it coloring books, which was what, 18 months, two mm-hmm. years? I don't mm-hmm. remember, you'd remember this better than I at that point, but like
0: yeah, that was, was all the rage months.
1: for like two years. And then. You can buy coloring books now, but no one talks about them. I guess if we have any sense of things making like the books of the year lists, The Storm We Made has a better chance than Sanctuary of the Shadow, unless this becomes a second, fourth wing, which I just don't think it's— yeah. this, well, You cannot count. There's just At this level, you just can't count on them.
0: You can't, and even just to talk about some other recent trends, like on the heels of where the crawdads sing, yeah. there was a flurry of books like The Marsh King's Daughter, <laughs> right. and but that's Firefly a real thing. Swamp, <laughs> <you know. laughs> right, uh, and none of those went anywhere. Like trying to replicate the kind of lightning strikes Gone once Girl. success, yeah, like Gone Girl, right? Trying to replicate is yeah. generally an exercise in futility, but it's a necessary one for publishing for reasons there's that i'm i think because colleen hoover writes in a bunch of different genres we didn't have a similar conversation about like there's going to be a big flurry of colleen hoover comp titles but i would bet that a bunch of like realistic fiction about tumultuous relationships yeah. with young protagonists i bet that sold uh, to publishers i think there were a lot of deals like that around the the cresting moment for it ends with us um And that moment is already over. You know, like we started 2023 on the big Colleen Hoover wave. And by the end of 2023, it was already romantic. So how long does this last? There's
1: just sometimes you get these outliers. You just
0: do. Right. And most of the time, an outlier is an outlier, not the start of some big new trend. So. Mm That's my expectation, is that by the end of this year, we're not still having a conversation about which of these five romantices is the big romanticy of the month by, by December. Um, but probably just on the basis of how much money will go into promoting a book with 350,000 copies in the first print run, Yeah, I think Sanctuary of the Shadow is the, the best guess right here.
1: Okay, up next, the third thriller from Alex Michaelides called The Fury His first book, The Silent Patient, was a genuine phenomenon. His second book, The Maidens, didn't work. I read that. Just that book didn't work, Hmm. speaking of campus novels. But The Fury is coming out January 16th from Celadon. One million prints (laughs) run. Library Journal Star, Indie Next List... Yeah do you do you, have, do you have any sense of the of Michael's experience or the the vibe or what I have not
0: right read any of them. My sense of the vibe is this is the kind of thriller you can pick up in an airport bookstore, and that most people who do that will enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I think for that alone, it's going to pass the sanctuary of the shadows for it book contention because there there are just a ton of people who are dedicated mystery thriller readers and have been for their entire reading lives. And romanticy is new. It's a hot thing. Folks are like jumping on board, but I think in the general reading public, which includes, you know, like our dads.
1: I mean, the blurb (laughs) here on the marketing is David Baldacci. I don't know what else we need to say.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Like the David Baldacci, Michael Crichton, James Patterson, crew buy a lot of books and they're a, a longer term, more dedicated audience. So yeah, this one goes to Michael Eadies.
1: Yeah. And I would say having read just the second one, I never went back to The Silent Patient because I was like, oh, I'll get on the Maiden's Train when it comes out. And you know, if I like it, I'll go back and do The Silent Patient. I've heard it's great. And so I, I'm i biased against The Silent Patient because I have read it, mm-hmm. to, to paraphrase Dor- yeah. Dorothy Parker at this point. But this is a real vote of confidence in this Author, that there's name recognition here now. Copies, yeah. uh, the Silent Patient has sold more than 6.5 million copies worldwide. Mm-hmm. I will say this: it is not. It does not feel like category mystery thriller. He's trying to do something a little different each time with unreliable narrators, and it's much twistier. I, I, if there's upmarket yeah, there's, mystery thrillers, I'd say that's what like, this is. And those can sell.
0: Psychological suspense. Yeah. Those can sell. And the publisher is doing a like visual branding thing with these where all the yep. covers look pretty similar. Like yep. If you're just strolling through Barnes & Noble or the Hudson News at your airport and you see this and you read The Silent Patient, you'll be like, oh, that looks familiar. Yep. I did like that book. Let me pick it up. Or maybe even that looks familiar and I didn't pick it up, but I know people liked The Silent Patient. Let me go for it. A million copies, especially coming off of kind of a flop, as you said, with The Fury. I don't know if it was um, a flop think, from a sales or point of view, is I should Fury. say. Um, yeah.
1: uh, the Maidens. Yeah. I don't know if it was a flop from a sales point of view. The Just maidens, in terms yeah. of the reading experience, I was like, eh, not for me. I don't think that was okay. a success. Well, all right. they've uh, got uh,
0: confidence in it. There's an even bigger promotional budget behind a book with a million copies in print. I mean, so. like oh, TV, subway on. ads. Yeah. I mean,
1: you know, there's a difference. <laughs> right. All right. One for us. <laughs> I just put in one for us. Is that okay? Love it. Yeah. Yeah, let's um, do it. Marie Helen Bertino's new novel, yes. Beautyland, Land, coming out January 16th from FSG. Look, I don't know what... To, this isn't going to survive. Let's talk about Bertino <laughs> for a second. I'm going to read this book. It sounds like a cool concept. The author of one of our favorite, most recommendable books, 2 a.m. at the cat's pajamas her other novel Parakeet I don't I think I read it I do not remember it to save my life doesn't matter I'm gonna try this the packaging is really interesting here have you seen this it's like mm-hmm. super purple mm-hmm. and it's like sort of spe- let's see like, at a moment when Voyager 1 is launched in space carrying its famous golden record a baby of unusual perception is born to a single mother in Philadelphia I don't e- so it's like spec fic weird stuff Bertino is an unusual sensibility I love it I'm excited I don't know what mm-hmm. to say when it's not going to survive, but I want to give it a shout.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not going to survive, but that's what One for Us is yeah. about. I love it, too. I also think I read Parakeet and couldn't tell you anything about it. And frankly, if I read Beautyland and six months from now can't tell you anything about it, I'm fine with that because I know I'm going to enjoy my couple hours with Marie Helene Bertina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just great. We'll always be excited to see something new from her. But yeah, quiet voice, a little on the weird side. It's not going to move a million units. Everybody knows that it's okay, but I'm glad we're talking about it. Michael Lee's carries on.
1: But for a reading nerd, could it be your favorite book of January? I think there's absolutely a chance it could it's be your favorite book.
0: Very of possible. Yeah. I yeah, and in that's the, very some possible. of the marketing,
1: Michelle, I've never seen, I mean, this is comps on steroids. So there's like this image of all the comps with a description of what that book is, and then it's like pointing into the cover of Beautyland. So it's like Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, White Cat, mm. Black Dog by Kelly Link, Karen Russell's Orange World, Convenience Store Woman, Nothing to See Here by I Kevin mean. Wilson, Luster by Raven Leilani. <laughs> it's like, okay, I think I less understand what's happening about the book, but yeah. I do understand the vibe. This is liter- the strange, vibe. weird, yes. mainstream literary yeah. weird, which is a, it is a genre. Or a, I guess Those are Lane. vibes
0: based comps yes. for sure. But as soon as you're talking about Kevin Wilson yeah. and Karen Russell yeah. and Link. some of the Gabrielle Zevin yeah. and Kelly Link, like I know what that feels like and I want that.
1: Yep. All right. So it's not going to survive, but we want to put it here. Okay. Penultimate contender here. The the I'm sure you've been waiting for the end of the Alexandrian trilogy from Olivia Blake to come out. You've been, I mean, you've been like. <laughs> Or did you O'Neill's Razor it? You've been waiting for the whole thing to be done to start it. That, that, that makes more sense for you. I Probably you're waiting <laughs> for this. This is the heart-shattering conclusion to Olive Blake's trilogy that began with the New York Times best phenomenon, The Atlas Six. This is librarian fantasy, TikTok fodder, half a million copies. I don't know why I would pick this over, say, The Fury, except it's the end of a trilogy, and sometimes that has some heat, I have no mental model of this. I don't know anyone that's read this book, but there's a half a million print run coming from Tor on January 9th, ready to move. So that's Olivey Blake's stylist complex.
0: I think I'm sticking with Michael Leady's. That's mainstream success up against like a a TikTok moment. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I have to say, I mean, these have been several, I guess 2021. So one a year, the old one a year thing, they they did. Congratulations. I hope Olivie Blake gets a break because that is not easy to do. Because this is a (laughs) I know how long is this book? Five hundred pages. That's a lot of writing to
0: do. That is a lot of writing. I remember maybe it was back in twenty twenty one for one of our seasonal drafts. We zagged off of our usual plan and instead of doing the best basket, we gave ourselves categories Uh, we had to fulfill. Which we didn't like and the listeners didn't like, so we didn't do that again. But one of the categories was TikTok fodder. And I remember that I hadn't heard of Olivie e. Blake yet. And you talked <laughs> yes. about I, the first one of like, this is going to be Atlas the six. this is the thing that's coming on TikTok. It was when Atlas Six was coming out. I think that she stayed in that zone. Like, that's very good success to have. Absolutely. Half a million copies. Nothing to sneeze at. Um, But in terms of like maintaining that brand, if she has a new series, how many of the readers will come over to it? Like, as you were saying, the end of a series can be a big thing, but I think more often than not, right, more often than not, readership tapers off over the course of a series. You have to really maintain folks' interest to keep them going, even at one book a year. And that space is so crowded now. So, Michael Edis carrying on
1: okay and our last one our last one for the fury to hurdle is sarah j moss's house of flame and shadow (laughs) announced first printing one million copies this is the stunning third book in the sexy i can't i can't do it i can't keep up the bit (laughs) action-packed crescent city series following the global bestsellers house of earth and house of earth and blood and house of sky i don't know okay yeah bryce is gonna get something back and she's going back and there's someone else and It's a Sarah J. Moss million print run the dauphin of romanticy at this point to to Rebecca Yaros, even though Moss kinda got there first and I did I tell I may have talked about this on the show. The Colleen Hoover table is gone. There is now Mm -hmm. a Sarah J. Moss end cap at the Barnes and Noble I go to at this point, with all there's a bunch of them. There's like what thirteen? There's like three different series good luck if you're trying to get into sarah j moss at this point with a million print run they only really want the mazians to read it this will be all over tiktok people doing videos and how you think about what your favorite character is and all the memes and everything else going into it this is a weird one right because like mm-hmm. has a, has an author ever sold so many books But if you and I went to a family reunion or our spouse's holiday party, there's a chance that we could ask every single person there if they've heard of it and everyone could say no in our sort of upper middle class, college educated, insufferable circles.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think that's... That is the challenge here. Like, we're talking about a million print run for Sarah J. Maas versus the million print run for the Alex Michaelides. The name recognition among the book bookternet, definitely higher yeah. for Sarah J. Maas. But among, like, civilian readers, I think it's the Michaelides. This, that really feels like a toss-up to me. Mm. I think this is the first time we've done one of these where I kind of felt like it's a tie. I don't think there's a super strong argument for either one of them, and I would believe arriving at the end of the month and either one of these yeah. being the thing that ran away with the conversation since it's the end of a series again. Like, so much hinges I don't on, think it is the end, is I think it it's the good? third book. Oh, I thought, yeah, sorry, oh, I'm just not, the third I, book. I, I okay. was trying to figure
1: that out, but it, um, I think it would say in the marketing material if it was okay, <sighs> yeah,
0: know. that's it. Like, you're not gonna get people entering at the third book, you know, there's a barrier to entry. There, folks who want to get into Sarah J. Moss are going to pick up a different one. But so much name recognition again—that space is really crowded now, though. And even though, as you said, she kind of kicked off the romantic jag on TikTok, Rebecca Yaros has run away with it. I don't know. It's hard. I really don't have a strong it's opinion. I don't. I, I
1: don't know what to do with Sarah J. Moss at this point because, like, the book sales are there. The awareness within in the in the niche saturated. If you read mm-hmm. in the space. This could be your favorite it. author, yeah. but it mm-hmm. doesn't seem, and I don't know if an adaptation not happening, what happened to the adaptations? What What's it, What's going on? They missed the boat, because these are going to be a billion dollars, and no one's making this anymore. Maybe there's something already in the works. I don't know. Email me at podcast at bookrack.com if you know, and this is something you follow. But I feel like if there was a TV show of one of these series, we'd be having a different conversation about Sarah J. Miles.
0: Oh, Totally. Yeah yes if if this were coming out on i don't know Hulu mm-hmm. next month or you know any of them, we would be having like this would obviously be the winner over yeah. the alex michaelides yeah. um but given like the direction of streaming right now, a psychological suspense series seems much more likely yeah. <laughs> than than another big fantasy kind of jaunt i I don't know. Can we leave it as shruggy man? I think if
1: if Can I they... may, as the fifty first vote in the Senate, I think I might break the tie for House of Flame and Shadow. I just feel okay. like there's enough there. It, the whole end cap at Barnes and Noble is real. Like th- that's, that's true. that that puts it over the edge to me that now again, the world of people that buy and read books are is actually bigger than the number of people that go into Barnes and Noble. And there will be a stack of copies of The Fury by Michael Eades when that comes out. They'll be in mm-hmm. whatever. But a whole end cap there's only one author that gets that right now, or two. there's J.K. Rowling, who has a whole Harry Potter merchandise thing going on with plushies and games and puzzles, and then there's Stephen King, which gets his own shelf like in the thing right like, in in the stacks. but right now, front of the store, there's only one author that's getting a whole end cap of a whole of multiple series at this point
0: Yeah, I guess. I, I will accept this because you broke the tie yeah. as the fifty-first. As is my vote. want as the, the, the uh,
1: pro tem of the Senate. Yeah.
0: The stanchions at the Hudson Newses in the airport last week were still all the Colleen Hoover's. Yeah. So they're not positioning romanticism yeah. in those like very casual reader spaces. No. Mm. But I think in kind of okay, Barnes I, I and Noble this. is
1: more it it book territory than the yeah. the Hudson news sellers at the airport. I mean just if we're really c- Yeah, combing I accept this.
0: Rush. I left you know, I left a shruggy man, so I left yeah. it in your hands yeah. and one time a year you can be the decider.
1: All right. Well that's the books of the month. If we missed anything, if you've got supporting if you've got amicus briefs on the behalf of any of the claimants <laughs> to the title, shoot me an email podcast. BookRat.com, The Patreon link will be in the show notes there as well. And we'll be back with you very soon. So much of us all the time. Rebecca Shinsky, thank you so much. Happy New Year to everyone. And we'll talk to you later.